We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And today, we're going to talk a little two-part podcast. We're going to talk about Last Chance You. No, I'm not talking about the Netflix series. I'm talking about Notre Dame. This is essentially a series, we began it last year, where we take a look at veterans on both sides of the ball that kind of enter the spring with their last chance at Notre Dame. Whether it be last chance to crack the lineup, If they were already in the lineup, it's their last chance to make an impact before either getting knocked out of the lineup or be a guy that's not being brought back for a fifth year and a guy that fails to live up to expectations. That's sort of the negative aspect of it. The positive aspect of it is the players that we're going to discuss are guys, for the most part, that if they do step up and take advantage of that last chance, they could be difference makers for Notre Dame. And I think that's what makes this year unique compared to some past seasons. Some past seasons, there's been one or two guys that could have maybe been impact players, but for the most part, it was guys that were going to look to be you know, role players, rotation players. There are some players at Notre Dame this year that enter their final seasons, or at least their senior seasons, and they're players that have a chance to be difference makers. They at least have difference maker talent. Now, we haven't seen that difference maker talent really emerge and, and show itself with any consistency, but the talent is certainly there. So that's going to be the focus of today's series, and we're going to start first with the Notre Dame defense. The first player we're going to talk about on defense is safety Houston Griffith. Now, this one to me is kind of obvious, and we've talked a lot about Houston Griffith on this channel really over the last several months, and there's a reason for it. 
because he's a very important piece to Notre Dame taking that next step. And really, he's important to them first and foremost, not taking a step back. And I think that's a big concern that I have is if if certain players don't step up at safety, at at linebacker, at corner, this defense is not only going to not be is not be better than it has been, which it needs to be. Clark Lee and Mike Elko did a great job taking this defense from being terrible to making it one of the 10 to 15 best in the country, no question about it. Now it's time to kind of take it to that top five caliber, which is something I think Notre Dame is capable of. It just more work is needed. More time was needed. I think those coaches did a great job getting things turned around relatively quickly. But as with anything, it, it takes time to truly build it into an elite operation. And they need to make sure that they don't take a step back. And it's not so much about, you know, I think Marcus Freeman is in position to be a phenomenal defensive coordinator, but you've got to have on defense more than anything else. You've got to have players and you have to have players playing well. And that's the key there. And when you look at Houston Griffith, to me, he's a player that is important to this defense, not taking a step back. If he's just good this year, just solid, I think that's a plus for the defense because I think safety play last year opposite Kyle Hamilton was concerning. Some of the better teams in the schedule were able to take advantage of Sean Crawford and coverage because he wasn't a natural safety. He was a corner and a nickel player his whole life. They moved him to safety, and I and I don't think that was – I think it made a sense at the time because you had Houston Griffith was out in fall camp because of contact tracing, and there was other issues along those lines. But then they just kind of went with it and stuck with it, and I think that was the mistake. And Sean Crawford, according to Pro Football Focus last year, led the defense in missed tackles. You can't have a safety leading your team in missed tackles. Good teams on the schedule were able to take advantage of his the fact that he's just not the cover player he was before – the three devastating injuries had tremendous kid, smart kid, tough kid, and had some clutch plays last year, which is something he's done his whole career. But there were way too many times where he was a liability for the defense. And that's concerning. And they have to eliminate that. And I think if Houston Griffith is just a good player, you're going to eliminate a lot of that. He's rangier. He's a more natural safety. A lot of the reads and things are going to be more natural to him. He's going to be more comfortable with those things. So I think that helps in, in that regards. Now, if, the key, however, is can Houston Griffith take his game to the next level and be the player that I think he's capable of being, the player that was ranked as a top 100 recruit coming out of high school? That's the question mark. To me, that's the bigger question mark. I think at the very least, I'll be shocked if Houston Griffith isn't at least a solid player for Notre Dame this year. I just I, I want to see him take that next step, and that's that's where we're at now. He's a senior now. He has fifth-year eligibility because of the COVID season. He can come back for a fifth year in 2022. But if you're Notre Dame, you're not bringing him back for a fifth year if he's just a solid player. It's time to develop the younger players. If you're Houston, you're in a situation where you want to accomplish one of two things as an individual. Obviously, there's the team goals. And when we interviewed Houston after he decided to come back, it was obviously all the team goals were his his focus and make the defense great and all those kind of things. And, and that's obviously priority number one. But if we're just looking at Houston individually, because that's what the, the the big point of this this article in this series is, it's about you have a last chance to really make a big splash for the next level. And if you want to get to the next level, if you want to play professional football, this is sort of your last chance to do that. And he needs a big year to do that. Or it, the other side of it is you need to have a big year so that you then get on NFL teams' radar, come back to Notre Dame next season, 
the odds of Kyle Hamilton returning in 2022 are slim. So what this would do is if Houston has a big year and decides to come back for a fifth season, which is what I think the perfect world situation is for Notre Dame, then what you have is now you have a veteran safety in Houston Griffith who can be sort of the anchor of the secondary and the safety position the following year, which allows you as a defensive coordinator and a a safeties coach, Marcus Freeman and Chris O'Leary, it allows you more time to develop your young safeties and to recruit more safeties into the depth chart before you have to completely reload at the position, which is what would happen if Houston Griffith doesn't come back or isn't brought back because he doesn't step up and play well enough. So that's kind of the situation he finds himself in personally. Now here's what I think he can bring to the defense if he is at his peak. And here's ultimately for the team why it's important. First of all, I think he's going to play the boundary safety position with Kyle Hamilton playing to the field. And what I think this does is this allows him to be matched up in situations where he can be effective. I think it allows him to play in the alley, which, and I think he's a, he's a, he's a good solid tackler. He's smart. He's a very instinctive and heady safety when he, when he's been in the game and he's been allowed to play snaps. And we've seen this a lot from him in practice, very instinctive, understands what's happening in front of him. He's a guy that I think can be very good against tight ends. I think he can play running backs out of the backfield. I think he can play boundary slots. He can play against boundary slots. And I think he can play the middle of the field. He can definitely play off a hash if you're going to play quarters coverage or cover two. And I I do believe he can play some center field. It's not where I would put him first and foremost, but I think he can do it, which allows you to then, you know, roll Kyle Hamilton down and mix some things up there. So I think Houston Griffith brings a lot of versatility to the secondary. I think he's a, he's a, a sound tackler when he's not pressing. I think he's good in coverage when he's not pressing. And that's really the key for me is getting him in a situation where it's like, hey, Houston, you're the guy. Just relax and go play ball. Don't try to, you know, go into a situation and say, hey, I got to prove myself on this three plays or I'm not going to get another chance. And and that's kind of where he's been in the past. I think he pressed too much, which put him in some bad situations. And I think now he's got to be sound with his technique, consistent with his technique. And if he does all those things, I think he can be a difference maker. And I'm not talking about first-team All-American difference maker. But I'm talking about like an Elohi Gilman type of difference maker where he's just going to make those clutch plays. He's got the range to break up passes. He's got the range to you know, be influential in the slot, in the seams, over the top, where he can be in position to make a lot of game-changing plays. And when teams are going to be avoiding Kyle Hamilton, that means they're 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 going to necessarily pick on Houston Griffith. We saw it last year with Sean Crawford, and I think that's going to put Houston in the cha- in position to make a lot of big plays because teams aren't going to be afraid to go against him, especially early in the season. If you get into a situation, you know, let's say by middle of the year, Houston's having a great start to the season, and now teams are saying, "Well, we we don't want to throw against Houston because he's getting us a lot of balls, his hands on a lot of balls." We don't want to go at Kyle Hamilton because he's the best safety in the country. Well, what are you going to do? You're in a tough spot, so you have to kind of pick your poison. And I think that can make quarterbacks especially. Coordinators aren't going to necessarily be as concerned about this, but this can definitely impact the minds of quarterbacks who are the ones actually throwing the passes. It's going to make you think twice, and that little bit of hesitation between letting the ball go in between the numbers is something that can create – that's where you create turnovers, whether it be – he holds on to the ball just a second longer, which allows the pass rush to get there, uh, which can either A, 
you get a hit on the quarterback, fumble, sack, whatever, or your pass rush gets a little closer. It allows you to get tips on the ball, which allows the ball to be in the air and be live. That last, that second hesitation can then allow a defensive back to close faster on the football. There's so many things that can happen positively for your defense when you can create indecision and hesitancy at the quarterback level. And when you have impact safeties that are getting their hands on the, the, a lot of footballs, that's what happens to quarterbacks. It, it just does. So, and I think Houston Griffith has the playmaking ability to be that kind of safety. Now, have we seen him do it? Not really, not in games. I've seen him do it in practice. And of course, we saw him do it in high school. And I think when he made the transition to safety as a senior and then came to Notre Dame. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed playing that that's where his game really took off and I think that's where he's best suited and that's where I think he can have a big impact and if he does you now not only do you have a sound solid steady rotation at safety you could have one of the better safety tans in the country I truly believe Houston Griffith has that kind of talent now it's time for him to show it it's time for him to do it on a consistent basis and if he doesn't he has a chance of getting passed up if he does then Notre Dame will have a tremendous safety rotation or t- safety combination in 2021. And it puts Notre Dame in a position to feel good about bringing Houston Griffith back in 2022, knowing he can anchor the defense. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. And we're going to talk a lot about the 2018 class, players from the 2018 class in this breakdown. Houston Griffith was from the 2018 class. And also Shane Simon is from the 2018 class. And he's the next player up in our last chance you analysis. Shane Simon was Notre Dame starting buck linebacker last year. We've gone over this a lot. We don't need to rehash it. We don't need to continue taking shots at him. We all know he didn't play well, and his production levels were really, really low. So he enters a situation now this spring where if he doesn't improve his play, he's not only going to get beat out at the at – the, it's now called the will linebacker. He's going to find himself not in the rotation at all. He has to get a lot better. He was way too blockable last year, and he just didn't produce. But here's the interesting thing about Shane Simon. He's very talented and very intelligent. 
And I don't know what it was that kind of kept that mental block for him last year that just made him so robotic. But I don't think that's necessarily who he is set to be. I don't think that's just he is what he is and there's no improvement. I truly believe that there's a level for Shane, a, a much, much better level for Shane Simon to get into. And perhaps that's my own bias. Uh, I had Shane Simon as one of the five best recruits in that 2018 class, which I felt was one of Brian Kelly's best classes ever. And it's had a lot of turnover, a lot of you know guys either didn't pan out or didn't get a shot to pan out. It just hasn't been the class that I thought it could be. But Shane Simon was one of the best from that class. He was a top 100 recruit. He was a brilliant player at St. Peter's Prep. He's a very smart player in the classroom and on the football field. I think he knows his assignments. I don't think he ever made a lot of mistakes because he didn't know what to do. I think he made mistakes because he wasn't aggressive in executing that and having sort of the ability to adjust and adapt. And, you know, if they say B-gap. You don't just fly right in and hit an offensive lineman right in the face and make yourself blockable. They're just – so many things that were strange about how he played last year to where you're like a player with his talent, 6'3", long arms, athletic, fast, explosive, powerful. He's got all the physical tools you want, and he's smart. So why isn't he a good football player? And that's what made him, to me, the biggest enigma on the roster. And normally, a player that played the way Shane Simon did, I just say, look, get him out of there. He's going to get beat out, and just don't worry about it. But I don't think you can do that if you're Notre Dame, simply because he's got too much talent. He's got too much physical talent. The problem is that potential hasn't turned into production. And that's where Shane Simon finds himself heading into the spring. If he doesn't make dramatic leaps of improvement from where he was last year, he should get beat out and he will get beat out. There's no question about it. He's a guy that has to. I mean, he's got to put last year behind him and, and use it as a as an experience builder, which is great. But he's just got to forget about it. New coordinator, new position coach, just let it go and just go play ball. Because if he doesn't, he's going to get beat out quickly, and I mean quickly. That's that's where he's at. And then of course, if he gets beat out this year, or even if he's in the rotation, but he doesn't really play all that well, there's no way you bring him back in 2022. No way. So Shane Simon enters a season where he's got an opportunity. He's got to fight to, number one, keep his job. Number two, play well enough to where he can be a positive impact on the defense. And number three, play well enough to where you know, he could convince the staff to, hey, bring me back for a fifth year and give me that extra year to show the NFL what I'm capable of. If Shane Simon doesn't pan out and doesn't play better, I think Notre Dame's going to be fine at linebacker. I think between Maris Luafau, I think they could play Bo Bauer and Drew White together. On the inside, you've got Osita Ekwanu, J.D. Bertrand, Prince Kali shows up in the spring. Uh, Jack Kaiser could be a factor there as a cross-train kind of guy, uh, also playing rovers. So there's plenty of options there. But the reason I'm not ready to just dismiss Shane Simon and say, let's focus on those options, and I think Maris Luafau could be excellent at Notre Dame, is simply because I do believe Shane Simon has a lot of talent. I do believe Shane Simon has a another level that he can get to and I'd, I'd, if I'm Notre Dame, I want to give him one more chance to do that. I think he, he, he's just too talented to just write off and say, yeah, he, he can't play and, and just move on from him. That's just not, to me, what I do with him. As, as critical of, as I was of him last year, I just think there's too much talent for him not to be more, uh, to get more of a shot. So I, I think this spring is going to be big for him. And I think if he could impact the defense, what he does what he provides the defense first and foremost is a potential thumper as a run defender. 
And what I what I mean by that is Shane's actually a strong player. He's actually pretty physically strong. At least he plays that way. And he's very, very fast and agile. He can get downhill in a hurry when he commits to it. We've seen plays in 2019 on limited snaps, but in last year at times, and we really saw it against Clemson, where when he just takes off and goes, just, hey, man, stop thinking, stop worrying about it. You know your assignment, just go. He he can explode downhill. I mean, you just seem like, whoa. That's what made that Clemson game last year, November 7th game, where he had by far the best game of his career. You say, boy, that's the Shane Simon. I've been thinking you know, we could see more often. And then there, even then there was another level of execution he could have got to because there wasn't the consistency snap after snap. Well, one of the things that Bo Bauer talked about after the first press conference, after the first practice in the first press conference of the offseason was one of the changes that Marcus Freeman is bringing is it's look, look, yes, you have to know your assignment and be lined up correctly and all that kind of stuff. But you just got to go play. Just be free. Go play. You know, know your assignment, but then just take off, explode, attack. And we saw that at, at the, with the linebackers of Cincinnati. As much as much talent as Notre Dame has at linebacker, their production did not match what the Cincinnati linebackers did. And none of them have the talent, in my opinion, that the Notre Dame linebackers possess. Not, not, not one of them would be starting at Notre Dame from a talent standpoint. Some of them wouldn't even be in the too deep at Notre Dame, in my opinion, from a talent standpoint. So the talent is there for Shane Simon to be just an impact run defender. I also think Shane Simon has the, that same athleticism would then make him a good blitzer on first and second down, but then you could also maybe leave him in on third down if you so choose to attack the quarterback. He's very rangy side-to-side -side athletically, and when when he is right and he is just playing, you can see them. I mean, this is a kid that played wide receiver in high school at St. Peter's Prep, which is a very good private school in New Jersey, plays very good competition. So he could be a difference maker. He, he could be a guy that in my opinion had 14 tackles last year. If Shane Simon, if the light goes on for Shane Simon, he has the kind of talent to where his tackle for loss numbers could start creeping up on his total tackle numbers last year. I'm serious. That's the kind of physical talent that Shane Simon has. He just has to let go. He has to turn it loose. And if he's willing to do that, I really think he could be a difference maker for Notre Dame. And that's kind of the exciting thing about this last chance for him is if it doesn't work out, that's you're fine because you have other players. But man, if it does work out, he could he could be a really big time impact player for Notre Dame. And it's rare for a guy to make that kind of jump. I mean, even Osmar Bilal made the big jump in 2019, but he had he had 50 tackles the year before. So it's not like he was he was just completely unproductive. So it's a different type of thing, but we saw Asmar Bilal take a jump. I think Shane Simon has more talent than Asmar Bilal did by quite a bit, actually. So that's why I'm hopeful that the light can go on and, and Shane can kind of have that big, that big jump in production. The next 2018 player that's in this last chance you analysis is cornerback Tariq Bracey. This is a, this is an interesting one because we've seen Tariq Bracey be a really good cover player. I, going back to his freshman year in 2018, remember the pit game that Notre Dame barely won. It was a really competitive game. I think they won 19 to 14. It's a game where Notre Dame had to come back in the fourth quarter. And the reason that Notre Dame was behind is Pitt scored in their opening drive after a special teams mistake. Notre Dame forced a three and out, jumped off sides on the punt, gave Pitt a first down. I think they went on like a 19-play drive for a touchdown. The only other touchdown they had was a special teams kick return. The defense played brilliantly that game. And Tariq Bracey played a huge role. 
And if you remember, Troy Pride was was out that game. He was hurt. Dante Vaughn started and really struggled in the first half. Pitt was throwing the ball and hitting it, beating him a lot. And then the second, the, sometime in the second quarter, I think it was sec, late second quarter, maybe it was early third quarter, they brought in Tariq Bracey, and he played brilliantly. And then he played again in the Florida State game, and they went after him a lot. They went after him six or seven times and, and didn't complete a single pass on him. We saw in 2019, he was excellent against George, had a couple pass breakups. Tariq Bracey is actually the player that led Notre Dame in, in passes defensed in 2000, and excuse me, pass breakups in 2019 with eight. He led the team. And he's had some really excellent moments. The problem is he's just had a lot of inconsistency. For as good as he played in 2019, a lot of fans I've talked to don't think he played well. And the only game they can point to is the Virginia game. But he was so bad in that game, got beat so bad in that game. But that it's just that's the everlasting burn in their memory game. And they don't realize how well he played in all the other games, so many of the other games. He's one of Notre Dame's highest-graded offense or defensive players that year by pro football focus. And he comes out in 2020, it's, it's much of the same. First game against Duke, very good. Uh, they attacked him downfield. He had a couple pass breakups on deep balls, played very well. And then he missed the South Florida game with an illness. My understanding is it was not COVID-related. He just got sick. And then he got sick again and missed the pit game. And he just was never the same player last year as he was the first game of the season. And then that cost him his confidence. He lost his confidence. And then once he lost his confidence, he just was bad. And in the North Carolina game, he got beat badly. And then he made a huge bad mistake coming off the bench in the Syracuse game. He just he wasn't the same player that we had seen to the point in the ACC title game and in the in the college football playoff. He just wasn't even on the field. And that's a big fall from grace for Tariq Bracey. And, and he's a guy, to me, that has a chance to, to really impact this defense in a big way if he can get his confidence back. Now, I'm a little less optimistic about Tariq Bracey than I am the other two players because my experience has been once a guy loses his confidence, it's hard to get it back. And then you, you always worry as a coach, is he going to lose it again? Okay, he's got it back now because he's playing well. But if he gets beat again, is he is he going to lose his confidence? That's a big concern that I'd have, and I'm sure the Notre Dame coaches have the same the same thing. But again, like Shane Simon, Treek's just too good not to give another chance to. And I think you you do what they're doing, which is you're not a starter right now. You have to earn that back. But I think if Tariq Bracey steps up, he gives his defense an, an element it doesn't have, and that's just a pure cover corner. Clarence Lewis is a good football player. Cam Hart. We've talked a lot about, and you guys all know Vince thinks he's a, a, a has a chance to be a great player. I like his upside too. I love the incoming freshman Ryan Barnes and Philip Riley. I'm I'm intrigued by Ramon Henderson's athleticism, although I think he's got a long way to go. So there's some options there that you don't necessarily need Tariq Bracy to step up, but if he does, he gives you something you don't have. None of those guys we talked about are just pure cover corners. A guy that you just say, hey, go play man defense on this really athletic player. We saw him do it against Georgia. We saw him do it against Florida State. We've seen him do it against some really good receivers. And he just, you know, he struggles. He's going to struggle at times with bigger receivers, but there aren't a whole lot of those on the schedule next year. But he's just a guy that if he doesn't step up, you you don't have that cover player. If he does, he gives you a really nice element to the point where would it shock me if Tariq Bracey's back to his old self that that at some point in time Notre Dame starts playing a lot of a true five-man secondary where maybe you could move Clarence Lewis into the boundary and put Cam Hart into that, that nickel slot? 
or perhaps you move Clarence Lewis there and just leave Cam Hart in the boundary or one of the freshmen. I mean, I think he gives you, and then you have Tariq to the field. I think he gives you some, some flexibility as a defensive coordinator because he allows you – Marcus Freeman wants to play man. He is a cover one guy. That's just what he likes to do. He likes to get one safety down. They'll play some cover four. You know, They'll play some combo coverages. We'll have four to one side, man on the other, two the other, things like that. But he likes to be a man cover guy. He, he wants to be able to cover. But he's also not so stubborn and set in his ways that if he doesn't have cover guys, he, he won't play a bunch of man. He's just not going to put guys in situations – constantly where they're they're going to struggle so Tariq Bracey not stepping up limits what Marcus Freeman can do because a lot of the other corners just aren't that kind of player and that's why it's so important that, that Tariq Bracey step up and get back to the player he was if he doesn't step up to the to the point of this of this podcast he's done he's going to get passed up there's just too much young talent at the position to to waste time on a guy who just doesn't have confidence if his confidence comes back and you can, as Mike Mickens is going to have a, a very important role of doing things to try to get that confidence back. If that happens, then Tariq Bracey gives you a, a really good cover player. And that gives you flexibility on defense. So he can have a big impact on this defense, but he's got to prove that he has his confidence back. And if he doesn't, it's going to be hard to justify putting him out there because what's the game that you expose yourself to that? I mean, you're going to have some tests early on to where if you put him out there and he doesn't have confidence, it's a touchdown for the other team. I don't know if I want to do that. So he's going to have a lot to prove. And I think he probably has the most to prove of these three players simply because of that confidence thing. The interesting thing is he's the most productive of the guys we've talked about. He has the most career production of any of the guys that we just we just broke down. But because he has that little asterisk of, yeah, his struggles, though, weren't about play or talent or skill. It was about mentally he just lost confidence. That's the big difference between him and the other two. And that's what makes this a bigger question mark. But I really like Tariq Bracey's talent. And, and he's been so good in so many big games that it's hard for me to just completely dismiss him. But he's got to show it quickly. He can't have any confidence setbacks in the spring. And if he does, and if he's kind of that inconsistent player in the spring, then, then you have to really think hard about how much, how many reps do we really want to give him in the fall to, to see if he's proven himself. So for Tariq Bracey personally, this is a big, big spring. He needs a big spring. He needs to not only regain his confidence, he then needs to use his play to restore the confidence in him from the coaches. That's going to be a big part of his spring. So he's got probably the biggest mountain to climb compared to those other two players. But if he does it, he could really have a big impact on this defense. And the final guy that we're going to talk about is Isaiah Pryor. Isaiah Pryor goes into his second year at Notre Dame. This will be his first spring. Obviously, last year's spring got canceled, so he missed out on the chance to perform then. This is an interesting one because I just don't know where he's going to play. He's not a safety, in my opinion. And, and I know it can be tempting. You know, it was a highly ranked recruit as a safety coming out of high school. Started eight games at Ohio State as a safety. But there's a reason. He got out of the starting lineup at Ohio State, and there's a reason he transferred, because he's just not a safety. He's going to get a chance at Rover this year to prove himself. Now, here, here's the things I hear about Isaiah Pryor. Great attitude, tremendous worker, really explosive downhill athlete. And I think there's definitely a role for that in this defense. The question he has to prove is, can he cover well enough to be more than just a situational player? If he can't cover, then he's not going to win the starting rover job. If he can learn to cover tight ends and slots and, and 
backs out of the backfield and, and be a guy that can show improved change direction ability, which to me has been an issue for him, then he could he could be a difference maker. He could bring some impact level to this defense. I'm not overly optimistic that we're going to see that, but he's got the talent to do so. I think Isaiah Pryor is going to impress people with some of the the just the vertical speed, just a downhill speed, just attack the ball, hit the ball. He'll have some really imp- impressive plays in that regard. But there's a lot to football, a lot more to football than just running straight ahead fast. You have to be able to – you have to have lateral quickness. You have to have change of direction ability. You have to be able to flip your hips and run and cover. And if you can't do that, you're going to be in trouble. I mean, how many times did we see Notre Dame have Jeremiah Wusu isolated up the seam or on a wheel route? And if you have a corner or a, a rover or a, a nickel or a slot player, whatever you want to call it, that can't flip his hips and run with a, a wheel route, then you're going to get beat a lot. And that's a concern for me. If Isaiah Pryor can prove to be capable of doing that this spring, then I think he has a chance to step into this rover role in a rotation with Paul Mawala if he's healthy and give Notre Dame a really good rover position. I don't think you necessarily need one of those guys to step up and be the next Jeremiah Wusukormo because they're not going to be. But as a tandem, if they can both play to their full potential and and if Pryor can correct some of the things that I've seen him struggle with, not just at Notre Dame but at Ohio State, then this is a guy that I think could be a difference maker. I mean, look, there's a reason Notre Dame moved him from safety to rover, even though they had big needs of safety, because they know he can't play safety. If if he can overcome those coverage issues and be good in that department as a rover, he could could be a difference maker. Having said that, this spring is important for him, because number one, he's going to be battling with Paul Mawala. I think he's also going to be battling with Jack Kaiser based on what I'm hearing. Jack Kaiser is going to get a, a legit opportunity at Rover as well. And then, of course, in the fall, Prince Collie shows up. And Prince Collie was my number one ranked defensive recruit in the 2021 class. So if, if you haven't answered some of those questions this spring, as if you're Isaiah Pryor, you're not going to really necessarily get much of a chance in the fall because, hey, he is what he is. He struggled this in last fall. He struggled this in the spring. We got all these other talented options. Why do we want to keep giving him reps to, to ask him to do something we know he can't do? We're going to find a niche for him. We're going to use him to in, in these couple small areas because he can do those things really well. But he's just not a guy that that's going to play against USC or, or North Carolina or teams like that. We may use him against Stanford and Wisconsin, but he's not going to play against the better teams on the schedule, especially the teams that can throw. And, and that's just going to be his role. But if he can improve that, then he could have a more expanded role and be part of a really, really good rotation for Notre Dame. So that's going to do it for this uh, part one of the Last Chance You podcast, where we look at the at the defense. And, and it's like I said, it's very interesting. When we're going to talk about the offense, and there's some players that could be difference makers for the offense. But a lot of the Last Chance You guys there are good, solid players. You know, they're looking to kind of prove themselves as starters and things along those lines. This is really a unique situation that Notre Dame finds themselves in with Houston Griffith, with Shane Simon, with Tariq Bracey, and to a certain degree, Isaiah Pryor, in that there's a lot of athleticism in this foursome. There's a lot of potential in this foursome. There's some potential difference makers in this foursome. And the more of these last chance you guys that step up and really thrive this spring, the better this defense is going to be. And if we can get at least three of them to do that, ideally the first three, but even if Isaiah Pryor steps up and one of the first three doesn't, that gives this defense a chance to not only continue doing what it's been doing, which is top 10 to 15 football, really, really good football, but it gives them, they're the kind of guy who could make this defense better than it's been. And that's the important thing. And if they can do that, 
then this is going to be a fun, fun spring for the Notre Dame defense. And we're going to go into the fall feeling really, really good about where this unit can be. We know some of the other studs. We're some young guys that got to step up. We'll get into all that. But if these veterans can step up and, and turn into the players we know they're capable of, this defense has a chance to be special. So if you're listening on or watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell so that you know when we put out new videos. If you're listening on a podcast, make sure you subscribe to Irish Breakdown on whatever podcast platforms you use. Give us a five-star rating. We very much appreciate that. And, of course, as always, make sure you stay locked into irishbreakdown.com for all the latest news about the Notre Dame football team and recruiting. I think this could end up being a fun week on the recruiting trail. We'll see how some things shape up. But uh, it's going to be a busy week, so make sure you stay locked in. Notre Dame obviously has two practices this week. We'll have coverage of that, at least what the coverage they allow us to have. And uh, we'll break down everything that we see in there and let you know the latest about Notre Dame football and Notre Dame football recruiting. So thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again very, very soon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.